And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, here we go. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Wednesday, the 14th of February. Something some, something about that date. What, what was it about that date? Something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got I, I remember. I remember now. I remember. It is a special day. The Chiefs Parade. No. <laughs> Not that. You want to tell that. that to the how many, not that. Uh, what, million people that are out, no, sitting outside of that. Union Station? <laughs> That's not important. I don't care about that. Welcome to the program, everybody. We are live from the bunker. <laughs> My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at SciFiForMe.com. Over there, Mrs. Boss standing by. And uh want to give a shout out to everybody who is here live I see Cam, I see Gujira, I see Keeley, I see Weatherman. Who else is in here? <laughs> and it was it was kind of going to be a 2500 stream. But we haven't made it to 2500. At least we haven't held it there. Matt Tween's in the chat. Good to see you as well. And those of you who are live with us, Here in Bunker (coughs) 2.0, you can uh, can leave your comments. Uh, If you're not here with us live, you can leave your comments. If you're in the chat, you can leave your comments live. That's how that works. Uh, We've also got uh, social media and email live from the bunker at sci-fi-for-me.com. So here we go. As the music ends abruptly... Let's let's go. It is yes, it's it's Wednesday. It's the 14th of February. Madam Webb opens in uh, in theaters today and it apparently is not doing all that great. <coughs> uh <coughs> Gojira says Mardi Gras recovery day. May, well, for some people I guess. For other people maybe they're not recovering that much. No, let's turn that off. Mhm. All right, yeah. There's, there's quite. A, it. I don't have a guest today, so it's going to be a short show. <coughs> I thought since it's Valentine's Day, <coughs> we'll, uh, we'll say nice things about each other. And the reason it's going to be a short show, not because I don't have a whole lot of nice things to say about Mrs. Boss. Uh, I could say a lot of nice things about Mrs. Boss, but some of that would not be fit for public consumption. So um, we're going to. We're going <laughs> you want to keep the people who have subscribed so yeah, far. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep it. So chill, a chill, chill stream. Sci-fi snob there in the chat. Um, but not only not only is it Valentine's Day, not only is it the Chiefs' big party thing, downtown parade, whatever. But it's also, <coughs> excuse me, it's also the release date for the remastered Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3 uh, that Aspire Media has put out. And you should be aware, if you're not already, <clears throat> that the people responsible for Tomb Raider, Crystal Dynamics, 
uh, have put out a disclaimer disavowing these games. Even though they're working on the current Tomb Raider, here's Melanie over here, been telling you guys for years, Crystal Dynamics despise classic Lara Croft and Tomb Raider. After years of refusing to remaster them, Embracer outsources it for us, and Crystal Dynamics spit in our faces by adding this disclaimer, uh, hoping Embracer fires them from the franchise. And the disclaimer is this. It is uh, on Crystal Dynamics. Well, this is making the rounds on the internet. And it basically says, and I quote, this is Crystal Dynamics. This is the game game company that is responsible for the Tomb Raider video games. I quote, The games in this collection contain offensive depictions of people and cultures rooted in racial and ethnic prejudices. These stereotypes are deeply harmful, inexcusable, and do not align with our values at Crystal Dynamics. <laughs> Rather than removing this content, we have chosen to present it here in its original form, unaltered, in the hopes that we may acknowledge its harmful impact and learn from it. (sighs) While we clutch at our pearls. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how you lose money. So Crystal Dynamics is invoked... Crystal Dynamics has uh, executed plan Kelly Sue DeConnick. If you don't like my politics, don't buy my book. <coughs> it's, it's, it's annoying. It's irritating. Why is this thing not working? It was working just a minute ago, and now it's not working again. Why is this not working? This live chat widget that I've got has been so buggy this week. It is annoying as all get out. Because Sci-Fi Snob asked a question in the chat, and I was going to go highlight it, and it's not there to highlight. I see it. He's asking, if it's harmful, why did they make it in the first place? Well, it was, it was, it was harmful retroactively. We, we, we now... We few find it harmful now, even though it wasn't harmful when it was made. And the people who are actually fans of the games don't find it to be harmful. The people who are playing the games don't think that it's harmful. It's just the people who are making it have to send out this virtue signal and the smoke, in, in, you know, smoke signals and say, oh, we're per- clutching at the pearls. I don't understand why it's not working. Anyway, <coughs> so there is that. Tomb Raider is that. But see, this is the legacy of the, the, the progressive left, the radical progressive left, the Marxists, the socialists, who have infiltrated all of our stuff. We were talking about this yesterday Cam, when Cam called in. The fact that, that the right, the conservatives, the people who have kind of still rational minds— abdicated their responsibility to maintain the culture in some semblance of normalcy. And your degenerates have taken over everything. And we have to sit there and say, this kind of crap, we've, we've, got, to, we've got to have this stuff on there. I mean, you know, TMC has, has what, I've, 
a half hour screed on the front of it talking about Blazing Saddles, you know, and, and oh, it was made in a time and rubbing my racism card and all this. And meanwhile, spoils the plot. We just can't have nice things anymore because the blue haired land whales, the keyboard warriors, the cancel cultists are sitting there saying, It's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. We should not have this. We should not enjoy this. It makes us think bad thoughts. It's not a safe thing. We're not in our safe space right now. This is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. If you're gonna if you if you like Tomb Raider, go play Tomb Raider. Enjoy the game. And Crystal Dynamics should be doing that. Crystal Dynamics should sit there and go, hey. This is not the game. You know, this is not the game that we've got now. This is the, this is the legacy. This is we're here making the new Tomb Raider because these were successful. Go enjoy, play them, and by the way, come back when we release the new one. That's what they should be doing. Here, enjoy, and then buy more. That's what they should be doing, and they're not. That's what they're doing, and they should, and and and, and it, uh. anyway. All right, over on the Marvel side of things, we have changes in the theatrical schedule. Deadline reporting this: uh, Anthony D'Alessandro, Marvel moves on the theatrical sched. Thunderbolts shifts up. The Fantastic Four confirms cast and moves back in 2025. We knew that was happening because they were going to make room for. Pedro Pascal. Marvel Studios, in addition to moving up Thunderbolts to the start of summer, May 2nd, 2025, pushing back Fantastic Four to July 25th, 2025, has confirmed the cast for the later movie. Uh, and I will get into that here in just a second. Uh, the reboot. Okay, so this is, we got dates now. Mark your calendars if you're going to mark your calendars for anything. So Thunderbolts, May 2nd, and Fantastic Four, July 25th of 2025. Now, we have official confirmation of the cast. You have, you have thought what? I, I heard a real heavy sigh over there. Your kid. My kid? By the way, I want to say for the record that I'm very proud of my kid. He got himself a new job all on his own. He starts Monday? Is that right? Starts Monday? Tomorrow. Over? Starts tomorrow. His first shift is tomorrow. First shift tomorrow. He uh, he uh, found that job all on his own. I'm, I'm very uh, proud. Of just him. on time, too. Because you know his favorite thing to have issues with is... Uh, what? You know his favorite thing to have issues with is. He has, he has issues with me a lot of times. I don't know if that's his favorite thing. <laughs> no, I'm being sarcastic. Uh-huh. Anyway, all The right. one thing that always seems to pop up and have issues. Money. No, the uh, car. Oh? Someone tried to cut off his catalytic converter oh, last night. are you night. kidding me? They got halfway through it and gave up. So now his car sounds like a semi-truck. Oh, God. He took it over to a bunch of his buddies at a previous job who are a car 
hog people. Yeah. And that's what they found. It's not, he's like, once he gets his first paycheck, he's going to get it taken care of. But it needs to be getting taken care of because everything runs because they stopped halfway. But he's like, I just had to call and tell you this. Well, because this is a new one, because remember when it got stolen, they had to replace it. That's true. And and see, the thing about it is when he when he uh, when he comes here. We won't have to worry about that anymore because he, we have I, see, we I, have a dozen cameras on the compound. Well, so we'll and right. I sat there and said that, and then he says, "Don't you may jinx it." <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> so that's what he was calling about. Although we did get good uh, good imagery of the fox in the backyard. We did. We yeah. did. We did. So, but anyway. So anyway, that's all right. The heavy sigh. So on to the fantastic forecast. <sighs> Oh, hey, dear. That, that was that was kind of clever. Uh, except we don't do weather anymore. <laughs> All right. Marvel's Fantastic Four lands its cast officially. Pedro Pascal, Vanessa Kirby, Joseph Quinn, Ebon, Mach, Ebon Moss Bachrock. All right. So. A couple of things. We knew we we knew this was kind of going to be the thing. Now we have it officially confirmed, and they are leaning into. Uh, I, I I guess this is an indicator we are we are leaning into Ben Grimm the thing being Jewish because we have to have Jewish people play Jewish people I guess. Uh, Vanessa Kirby not a not a problem. I don't have any problem with Vanessa Kirby being there. I don't know Joseph Quinn. Pedro Pascal is a horrible choice. Or Reed Richards. <clears throat> All right. Marvel Studios has its Fantastic Four. The superhero quartet, the first characters created for Marvel Comics by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, will be played by Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm, a.k.a. The Invisible Woman. Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm, a.k.a. The Human Torch. And Ebon Moss Bachrach as Ben Grimm, a.k.a. The Thing. Now, they're confirming that Sue Storm is her name. So, this is before they're married. As part of the casting announcements, Dizzy has swapped the release dates of Fantastic Four and Thunderbolts. I told you about that. Per usual with Marvel, story details remain scant. You remember when Star Trek The Next Generation had the scant uniform? That was a dumb thing. Different kind of scant, though. But in the comics, the Fantastic Four are astronauts who are remade into superheroes after they're exposed to cosmic rays in space. Um, Not really. I mean, they weren't astronauts. Reed's a scientist, and Ben's a pilot, and they go up in the rocket kind of unauthorized in space, and they're exposed. The, the cosmic rays stuff, that's, that's true. That's, that's accurate. Reed gains the ability to stretch his body to astonishing lengths. Sue, Reed's girlfriend and eventual wife, spoilers, can manipulate light to become invisible and cast powerful force fields. Johnny, Sue's brother, can turn his body into fire 
which gives him the ability to fly. And Ben, Reed's best friend, is totally transformed into a thing with giant orange boulders for a body giving him super strength and a perpetual heavy heart about his seemingly monstrous appearance. They should probably lean into that. <coughs> Matt Shankman, WandaVision, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, will direct Fantastic Four from a screenplay by Josh Friedman, Jeff Kaplan, and Ian Springer. News of Pascal's casting first leaked in November, but Marvel had otherwise tried to keep a tight lid on who would play Marvel's first family, considered widely to be among the most significant superhero characters ever created. Filming is expected to begin by the summer. Uh, one of the most in-demand actors in Hollywood, Pascal, will likely first shoot... CD. By the way, let me ask a question. When, when, I will say when, Gina Carano's lawsuit against Disney and Lucasfilm goes to Discovery, do you think Pedro Pascal's tweets will come up and become relevant? I think they will. They'd better. I think they will. And I think that at some point in this process, Pedro Pascal might no longer be one of the most in-demand actors in Hollywood. I think he's overrated just a little bit myself, personally. More than just a little bit. Well, I just, I'm, I'm being, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be generous. It's Valentine's Day. We should be nice about things. Okay, when they announced him for The Mandalorian and was talking about the fact that he had been on Game of Thrones, it was kind of like, who was he? Yeah. Pretty much. After several standout performances in British TV, Quinn broke out as the wily and heartbreaking Eddie Munson... On season four of Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Okay, Eddie Munson. All right, that that that, that pings in my head. Um, and Moss Bachrock recently won an Emmy for his performance as Richard Richie Jeremovich on FX's The Bear. I don't know this guy at all. <coughs> Excuse me. Kirby, who first rose to prominence as Princess Margaret in The Crown before earning an Oscar nomination for a performance in 2020's Pieces of a Woman, previously teased her desire to take on the role. It would be an honor to play Sue Storm, Kirby told Variety, at the premiere of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 in 2023. She's amazing! Until now, however, the Fantastic Four had not been a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The movie rights belonged instead to 20th Century Fox which produced three films with the characters, Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four, The Rise of the Silver Surfer. Let's go through it. All right, so uh, they're saying here uh, no casting announcement, no nothing about the villain, whether it's going to be Doctor Doom or it's going to be somebody else. Uh, I think it would be too soon for it to be Galactus. <sighs> Even Moss was in Punisher season one as the Weasley guy that sucked Frank back into things. I didn't. I see. I didn't see the. I didn't see Punisher season one. I probably should go back and look at that. No, you did. No, I didn't. Not Punisher season one. Oh, not Punisher. Okay. No. All right. Let me do this. I'm going to refresh this here and see 
if. All right, somebody put a somebody put something in the chat. Let's see if this thing reset itself. I don't I don't know what's going on. All right, I think Pedro Pascal is a horrible choice for Reed Richards. All right, thank you, te- uh, thank you, thank you, Cam. Yes, the test is working now. That's weird. I don't know why it stopped doing that. Um, the the key question here. Let's ask the important question. Cam says, uh, which character is going to be LGBT? <laughs> Well, the other, see, that, that you jest, but uh, there's there's RV Life in the chat over on Odyssey. Something in the chat. Thank you. Yes, that's working now. I don't, I, I maybe it's YouTube. Maybe YouTube is buggy. <laughs> Could we hope? Well, see, because here's the thing. We, we've had, we've had people saying that YouTube has been buffering. And I haven't gotten any indication here that our signal has been compromised by, you know, bit rate or not enough data or whatever else. So for for people who are watching, if YouTube is buffering, I'm wondering if it's YouTube out there somewhere and not our signal. I I'm it's the delivery system, which now has me wondering if the chat is compromised as well. There's one man show over on Rumble. Greetings and salutations to you as well. <clears throat> well, Gojira says, I, I, I'm sure the thing will be a heavy-handed lecture on transgenderism. I, okay. Here's, here's a thought, and it's not a refined thought. Weatherman says we're buffering on YouTube. Okay, because I'm not seeing it. I may have to send a sternly worded letter. Cam's Cam's confirming the buffer. Oh, Gojira's buffering too. Okay, everybody, flip over to Odyssey or Rumble. I mean, if YouTube is going to be crap, Gojira says video is good, chat is borked. Okay, I wonder why. YouTube being YouTube, <clears throat> Snob's not buffering. Jay says buffered there a minute ago. Okay. Well, yeah. as as much as, oh oh okay, Road Vagabond Life has the answer. If I put a woman in the show and make her gay, then YouTube will boost the bandwidth. I don't know that I can find anybody in 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 a short notice amount of time. I'll work on that. All right, so <clears throat> what they could do, what they could do, because Ben Grimm is Jewish, this is this is going to be a sticky wicket, as they say, because of the whole thing going on in the Middle East right now. This is a landmine if... They're not careful. I mean, if if Ben's Jew- Jewishness ever comes up in the in the movie, they're going to have to handle it carefully. And it's Hollywood, so you know they won't. So hopefully they'll avoid it altogether. But the fact that they've, they yeah, the fact that they've, I mean, I'm assuming that Eben Moss Bachrock is Jewish. I don't know. I, I've never I've never heard of him. I don't know him. 
but given that they're given the name, I'm making an assumption, yes. But if you have to have a transgendered actor play a transgender character, if you have to have uh, a lesbian play a lesbian, if you have to have a bisexual person play a bisexual person, because reasons, and if you have to have a real per- person in a wheelchair play a real person in a wheelchair, then the Jewish people are going to have to play the Jewish characters. I mean, that's just how the logic works, right? So I'm making an assumption based on Hollywood logic here. Which hints to me that they will make something of the fact that Ben Grimm is Jewish. Which is fine. I mean, if, it, if it's organic to the story. If they just plop it in there for reasons, <coughs> not so much. One man says, I demand Pedro stop taking roles in projects I might have enjoyed. <laughs> well, and, and I'm fine with Vanessa Kirby. A flashback to Ben's bar mitzvah, maybe. Um, <coughs> well, here's here's the thing with with the with the announcement of the cast, we also have a logo, and this is the official logo for Marvel. And with the announcement today, Marvel has also given us this Valentine's Day artwork of a Valentine's Valentine's Day card from. Uh, from Marvel, and we open it up here. As you take take a look, you can see uh, Ben in his human form, astronaut pilot back there in the back in the picture. <coughs> You've got Pedro and and Vanessa and and all these guys. They're all here as the Fantastic Four, and take a looky. Over here on the left, there's Herbie from the cartoon. Now, the aesthetic of this is uh, a hint. And uh, Robert Myron Burnett has has pointed out, he's, I mean, we're making an assumption here, but Robert Myron Burnett says, we now have confirmation Marvel's The Fantastic Four is a period piece. Well done, MCU. Color me stoked. I see when when we've been talking about this in the past, and I've said how you do this is how you do the Fantastic Four. You do a film. You're gonna if you're going to tell the origin story, you have to set it in the '60s, and it looks like they're going to do that. <coughs> yes. His father. Whose father? Uh, Evan Mossbachrock, Botrock, whatever. Evan Mossbachrock. Yes, his yeah. father was a German-born Jewish, and his mother was non-Jewish. Okay, well there we go. Thank you for that. So, um, <coughs> man, I don't know why I got something in my throat today. All right, so I've said from the beginning. If you're going to do the Fantastic Four, it has to be set in the 60s and you got to tell the origin story and then something has to happen to get them time locked or dimension locked or something 
otherwise, where have they been all this time, right? I mean, it's 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 the same thing with uh, same thing with with Captain <clears throat> America. Yes, that's how you do it. What you tell the origin story, then they get stuck somewhere. But when they pop out, they pop out in a completely different multiverse version of something. And Sue is a oh, lesbian. No. They're not going to do that. <coughs> You do it. No, they're not going to do that. All right. So basically what they're going to do is they're going to do this first movie. They're going to get stuck somewhere. And then somehow they'll get retrieved. I don't know. Hank Pym. Uh, I mean, Tony Stark is dead. So you got to have some brilliant genius mad scientists that bring them back. And I would not do Galactus yet. I wouldn't. Maybe if maybe you do the first story. Okay, Doctor Doom could be your villain in the first movie. And then, 30 years later, 40 years later, 60 years later, however much they do, they come back because we need them. Oh, you know who could really deal, you know who could really deal with this threat for Galactus? The Fantastic Four. I wonder what happened to them. Oh, they're stuck in this dimension over here. Oh, here's this here's this widget. Let's bring them back. Cuz now we have the ability to go down into the into the microsphere or whatever else. <coughs> so maybe 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 it's a good sign that they're doing this as a period piece. It looks like they're doing it as a period piece. I'm, I'm, we're going to make an assumption. An assumption. Because the logo, everything, everything about this says late 50s, early 60s. <coughs> Doctor Strange could pull them out. Um, maybe... Cam says, I think the storyline should be about how the FF existed, but no one remembers them. Snob says, when they're in the 60s, I want to see a lot of sexism. <laughs> Gojira, I'm, I'm with you. I, I want to be hyped about it. I want to be excited about it. I think it's fun to see Herbie there, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sanguine about this at all. I mean... I think Vanessa Kirby is going to do fine. I think pa Pedro Pascal is going to be... He'll be okay. I mean, I'm sure. But he's the wrong choice for this. Isn't, isn't Reed Richards from, like, Massey? I've always thought of Reed Richards as being from up New England, New York area. He's an East Coaster. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <clears throat> But you have to also consider the other rumors that we've been hearing about this movie is that it's all going to be about Sue Storm. And if that's the case, then we're going to have a problem. Because Sue, it's a team Yeah. 
Road Vagabond Life said, put a maid's outfit on their robot, you get the Jetsons robot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'm If they do the origin story correctly, faithful to the comic, then okay. Remember what I said yesterday. <clears throat> and people are talking about Deadpool 3. Now, Madam Web is out today. It's a Sony thing. It's completely different continuity. That's not going to be any kind of an indicator of where Marvel's going because Marvel has to hit a reset button. And if, if animated X-Men 97 hits in March and it does well and it respects previous continuity and it honors what come before, and if... Deadpool 3 sits there and says, you know what? All this stuff is a mess. Let's clear the decks and start over again. And if Fantastic Four is respectful of the source material and is a faithful retelling of the, of the origin story, then maybe Marvel gets back on track. <clears throat> Thunderbolts, I have no idea. If they're completely reshooting Captain America World Economic Forum, <clears throat> then maybe that's another indicator that somebody over there has stopped smoking whatever it is they've been smoking. They sat there going, you know what? We need to make a good movie. It's too soon to tell. <clears throat> it's way too soon to tell. If they're ever going to recover from Phase 4 and Phase 5. <laughs> Gojira says, this has more if-thans than my programming classes a thousand years ago. I remember those classes. I remember those classes. <clears throat> Snob says, I hope they minimize the origin stuff. Tired of a whole movie just, uh, uh, just to start the story, especially when we've seen it before. Well, okay. I would agree with you to a point. With the Fantastic Four, one, we have never gotten... We, well, we've gotten their origin story on screen once in the movies. Twice if you count Roger Corman's film. But the origin part of the story where they steal the ship, they go up in the cosmic rays and the everything else, and they come back and, oh, suddenly we have powers. That's not the entire story. If that's all they do, then yeah, wasted opportunity. But if you do that in the first 40 minutes, say, you have plenty of room to do some other thing, an encounter with a bad guy, villain, or whatnot. I mean, it could be the rock monster that comes up out of the ground like in the first issue. And then they get trapped in the Nexus or, or whatever for the sequel, and they come back and they're in present day. But I'm fine telling an origin story if that's, if that's part of the story. <clears throat> if we had had six different versions of it, I mean, if, if, if we were talking Batman levels of origin story being retold over and 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 over again, then, yeah, I don't need to see it. 
but not that not not that many people are familiar with the Fantastic Four outside of comic book people. Comic book fans know the Fantastic Four. Marvel fans especially know the Fantastic Four. People outside of comics don't necessarily know that. I mean, they've probably heard of the Fantastic Four. And if they're old enough to remember the movies with Jessica Alba and Ingrid Griffold in it, okay, the, yeah, there's the Fantastic Four. And we're not even going to acknowledge Josh Trank's fan fantastic or whatever <clears throat> because it was a terrible movie. That's an interesting. That's an interesting. Um, that's an interesting concept, Cam. A good time travel story, sixties origin, like the comic. Huge celebrities end in disaster. They have to erase their own history to correct the problem. Maybe <clears throat> results in the original MCU, a dark, gritty world. Yeah, I know they already had three movies, Snob, but the, the, those weren't MCU movies, so they don't count. It's like Blade. Blade doesn't count because it's not MCU. <clears throat> At least, I mean, that's that's the logic. That's the studio logic. We could sit there and go, yeah, uh, you know, Blade is still Blade. Whatever this thing going on with Maharaja Ali, if it ever happens, is just Blade light. Who knows? <clears throat> Blade should count, but it doesn't. It's like... It's like Ang Lee's Hulk movie doesn't count, but the one with Edward Norton in it does. Studio logic. I mean, look at what they're doing with DC. Everything's going to, almost everything's going to get wiped out and they start all over again. So none of it, none of it counts. <clears throat> now. What's going to happen next? There are going to be a bunch of people that are going to complain that Pedro Pascal... I mean, we've already seen it. A bunch of people complaining that Pedro Pascal is a bad choice for Reed Richards. And there's going to be a bunch of racist type of things. You're already seeing it. So be ready for it. That, that would be an interesting way to do it. Reed discovers cosmic rays, gets exposed, and irradiates the others. Um, except that's not, that's not faithful to the comic book. And that would be a problem. <clears throat> so, there we go. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not racism for us to sit there and say that Pedro Pascal is a bad choice. But those keyboard warriors, you know who they are. That's how they're going to... That's how they're going to do this, because that's what they did with, with Moses Ingram. That's what they did with Carol, Kelly Marie Tran. More racism. They'll, they'll flip that card as fast as they can. <clears throat> so, what, what's likely to happen is you'll get the you'll get the Disney shills and you'll get the, the the keyboard warriors and the and the and the and the rainbow crowd and everybody can come out and start criticizing anybody that has anything negative to say about this project. And we have this um, master of the TDS. He's a, he's a YouTuber over on on YouTube. 
Uh, he said, I've been looking into something big involving code words used by marketing bots on Twitter, and today I've cracked that code wide open. I have definite, uh, definitive proof of bots being used by Disney, Marvel, DC, and more. This is huge. I'm not even joking. Now, I don't know where this is going. Uh, I don't, more than likely, he'll probably post a video on it. But just to give you a heads up, because we know that the studios have been doing this. We know that, that, uh, that, uh, was it Fox? Who was it that, that did it? Um, that got it, got it, it got exposed. Was it, I think it was, I think it was somebody at Fox. They were using bots to, to boost positive, uh, word of mouth on some stuff. We know this has been going on and it will continue to go on. And we'll see what uh, what Fantastic Four ends up being. I'm I'm not optimistic, but I'm also not going to assume disaster yet. I I think that there are I think there are some things that we need to see first. That would give us an indication as to whether or not we need to worry. Does that make does that does that work for everybody? I don't know. Matuin says Eben was skiing on Andor. Who was skiing? I don't remember the. I I, I watched the Andor, but I don't remember anything about it. Uh, Stop says I'm guessing the big reveal is that they use bots to say racist things and use that to market the film. I don't know. I mean. The bots are all over the place and saying all sorts of things. So who knows how they're going to be employed for this stuff? So, but yeah, I mean that, like I said, that's what they did with Moses Ingram. Now you better be ready for all of those racist comments that are coming because you know they are going to be out there because these toxic fans are all racist and bigots and misogynists and sexist and homophobes and transphobes. That's they did that. The rebel Andor killed after the height. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Yeah, I guess he's okay. I mean, oh, yeah. He, I mean, he did all right for what was there. It wasn't a memorable performance, so I'm just like, okay, I don't know who this is. But you know, it's Andor. Andor's okay. Andor's decent science fiction. But if you scrape the paint off and not call it Star Wars, you don't lose anything. There's nothing inherently Star Wars about Andor. So... Yeah, could you? Yeah, it was the biggest. Couldn't possibly be the bait and switch of calling your show Kenobi and then making him a recurring guest star. <laughs> yeah, see, also Witcher, Willow, Boba Fett. See, and and that's an excellent point. Disney has a track record. Disney Lucasfilm, Disney Marvel. There's a track record. There's a history. And it would be nice. If somebody over there said, you know, we have a history here, and we should probably change it. (laughs) 
So Mazerus jumps in. He says, uh-oh, logged into the first word I hear being Disney. <laughs> We're not talking. We're not talking totally all Disney today, but you know this. This is what's going on. We, we, Fantastic forecast has been announced. See, I did it again. Fantastic forecast. It just it just kind of rolls off the tongue, you know. Maybe we should start doing the convention forecasts again. No. No. <laughs> oh, just saying. I'm. I'm not going to assume disaster yet. I'm going, to, I'm going to advise caution for everyone. That's all. That's what I'm going to say. Because there are so many different things that have to happen, that will happen between now and then. You've got Gina Carano's lawsuit. You've got Julia Ormond's lawsuit. You've got Karen McCarthy's lawsuit. You've got the proxy war, which there's a development on that. Nelson Peltz, this is deadline. Nelson Peltz rips Disney's spree of earnings time news as spaghetti against the wall guarantees victory in proxy fight. This is Dade Hayes and deadline today, the 14th of February. <clears throat> Activist Disney investor uh, Nelson Peltz, whose try-in capital is at war with CEO Bob Iger, blasted the company's spree of earning-timed announcements last week as spaghetti against the wall. He also guaranteed victory in the proxy fight. Quote, With the stock waning and Disney facing another proxy contest, Disney appears to again be trying to distract shareholders with what we see as a, fun, a fanciful tale, claiming it has turned the corner and entered a new era, Tryon wrote in a letter to shareholders Wednesday. And with that, Disney announced a slew of new promises and ideas, most still in the process of being developed, hoping that shareholders would just believe all was well and improving. Perhaps not coincidentally, as the try-in letter was hitting the wire, Disney announced the fantastic forecasting and release date news with the Marvel property immediately becoming a trending topic on social media. So, there's that. Now, uh, interestingly enough, <coughs> as they're going through this uh, uh, um, legal mindset and uh, Mikey, the Mexican Iron Man, they were listening, they were going through the, the call. And it's interesting to note, they said at the end of that call, Bob Iger made a statement that he shouldn't ought to make and, and could possibly... Uh, leave the Walt Disney Company open to legal ramifications because he expressed an opinion as a statement of fact, basically saying that this new sports deal thing that they got, streaming whatever it is, is going to make as much money as some other stuff. Basically saying, this is going to happen this way. It will make this much money. And saying that as a statement of fact apparently is a no-go zone type of thing when you're talking about financials and investments. So Mr. Iger, in his attempt to spike the football in the, in the end zone, may have just opened the Walt Disney Company up to more uh, liability. I'm saying I don't know. I'm not a finance guy. I'm not an investment guy. So I have no idea. But this is going to be 
one of those things. Because here's the other thing. Christopher Rufo posting video because apparently this this video has come out. Bob Iger participating in a Zoom call. This was in January 2021. Now, this is exclusive to Rufo. He's got a copy of this thing. He says, in January 2021, then this is in the middle of lockdown, remember. Then Disney chairman Bob Iger told employees he was committing the company to taking a stand on politics because of January 6th, then praised himself for making Black Panther, which he said was an example of diversity and inclusion. I'm not going to play the clip. But he basically said, yeah, we need to we need to make it all about politics. This needs to be in discovery in Gina's lawsuit. That's all I'm saying. By the way, I, I am I am also going to say kudos to Gina Carano for getting over her allergy to interviews. It's good to see her getting out and talking to talking to the press about stuff. I caught her call on on Beck the other day. A bunch of other stuff is is coming. She's making appearances at Comic Con. So she's getting out in front of this stuff, which is smart. She can control the narrative that way. Disney is on defense, which is a good place to be. Uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> Mazur says, uh, breaking the fourth wall, general unbiased observation from outside of the forest. It's funny how Iger's speech is scrutinized as much as the president of the U.S. now. Yeah. Uh, Cam's right. Iger admitting his intention to not follow his fiduciary responsibilities. Yeah, I mean... See, the thing is, if you have... If you have a, a, a business, and your business is to sell widgets, and Gina made this point on, on her interview with Glenn Beck. She's like, you know, there's... There's an opportunity here for the Walt Disney Company to come out publicly and say, you know what? Hey, we messed up. We need to be appealing to everyone, not just people on the left. We goofed. Oopsie. We're sorry. We're going to fix it. And and make your product for the mass audience, you know, the mass market, not just a very niche Blue hair land whale audience. So, I don't know. It, it, this stuff has to come out. And it's got, this trial needs to go to discovery. I don't think Gina's going to settle. I think it has to go to discovery. Or else it's, we're, we're spinning our wheels, wasting our time again. Uh, Gojira says, this is the big issue for me with active investors. Your job is to ensure I'm not eating cat food in my retirement not bingo card your way through HR and rebranding every month for cause of the day. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you're if you're referring specifically to Pelts. I don't get the impression that Pelts is doing that. I think he's sitting there saying, uh, "You guys are off track. The company's not making any money for the shareholders. It's time to do something different." And Pelts has a track record of getting. Oh, not Pelts, Iger. Yeah, yeah. Pelts has a has a track record of getting companies back on track. So. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. <clears throat> Matween says global corporations in all industries are making DEI non-negotiable and prerequisites to future projects. My company included. I'm so, 
there's no DEI here. Because we don't have any corporate overlords. I know Mrs. Boss is one day waiting for us to have a board of directors, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. All right. Oh, yes, Death Angel Shadow points out, how about that $1 billion loss in fourth quarter at Hasbro? <laughs> um, I guess Disney is partially to blame for some of their losses, too. Didn't they do the unsold toys for Disney? I, you know, I, um, well, yeah, Hasbro had the, had the um, Star Wars stuff, the Star Wars license for stuff. Do they still... I would think they still do, but I don't know that they're selling anything. I mean, the Cara Dune figure was their best seller outside of Baby Yoda stuff. And I th and I think that that should come up at trial as well. Hey, by the way, your most popular character, your most popular human character anyway, is this gal over here. You should probably put her back in. Put her back in, coach. <coughs> speaking of speaking of action figures, <laughs> this is fun. Speaking of action figures, um, McFarland Toys has got a new one coming out. Those of us of an age are going to remember the original on this. This looks like the action figure is based on the revamp. Captain Carrot. <laughs> Captain Carrot. Now, he originally appeared like this. And the, those of you who are listening to the podcast, you're going to have to come to take a look. Uh, this is Captain Carrot as he originally appeared. This was probably, what, back in 88, 90-something? This, uh, this was after Crisis. It was, a, it was an insert in uh, a Superman comic. And he crossed over, Superman crossed over into another realm and met Captain Carrot. Here's the, normally get, uh, leaping lettuce, he says. <clears throat> that horrible red and blue monster has got five fingers. This is, this is the introduction to Captain Carrot. In, in DC Comics. Now, he has since been revamped, and the, the, McFarlane, the McFarlane design uh, reflects the current iteration of, uh, of Captain Carrot, who's a little beefier, a little meaner looking, but not quite as fun looking. But there we go. Captain Carrot... Action figure, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I got a birthday coming up. <laughs> I've just. But it's just another day. Uh, it's just another day. It's just another day. Uh, Bazer says Gina's character was the modern Xena warrior princess, and Xena was the modern Linda Carter Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, that's a good comparison. Uh, in terms of in in terms of the character's popularity, yeah, I think you're right. I think the. Um, I think the the existence of those characters as the strong female character, you know, the strong female hero type, uh, really does kind of lay the groundwork for characters like Cara Dune. I mean, 
Ellen Ripley gets us Sarah Connor. Linda Carter's Wonder Woman gets us Xena Warrior Princess, which gets us Cara Dune. I mean, they're of a type. <clears throat> and I think that if 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 Lucasfilm was smart, and right now they haven't proven that they are, if Lucasfilm was smart, they'd give her they they they'd bring Cara Dune back. But I don't know that it's gonna happen. Uh, Death Angel Shadow says the prevailing theory is Hasbro is going to start licensing all their IPs out. So who knows if Hasbro will or even wants to retain the license to make toys for Disney? We'll see. I mean, who else is out there besides Hasbro? What what if McFarlane? What if McFarlane gets the Star Wars license? Wouldn't that be a hoot? I don't know if that. I, who knows? Let's see. Ameth. Amathon, Amathon, am I pronouncing that right? Amathon, the magician. I hope the left and right destroy themselves eventually with all this propaganda from both sides. I'm tired of hearing about this crap. Well, okay. Um, yes and no. Because a lot of this stuff is coming from the left. The right's done a little bit, but the right's done some mainly as pushback against the left in terms of the culture and infestation. I think a lot of people that I've seen who are on the right, quote-unquote, are sitting there saying, none of this should be political. It should just be, tell the story. Tell me a good story with Captain Marvel. Tell me a good story with the Xenomorph. Tell me a good story with Superman. Tell me a good story with Battlestar Galactica and the Cylons. I, I don't care about your politics, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Entertain me. And the right... The more conservative voices, even even if you look at people who are slightly left of center, people like Neon and Geeky Sparkles over at Clownfish, people at you know like you know Jeremy at the Quartering, they're not Republicans. They're not conservatives. Even them are sitting there saying, "Tell me a good story. Tell me a good story that honors." the characters that you now are responsible for. Because the people that are writing Superman now are not going to be writing Superman five years from now or 15 years from now or 80 years from now. But they are currently the stewards of that property. And as such, they have a responsibility to respect that property, whether it's Superman, Batman, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, the Avengers, the X-Men, Star Trek, Star Wars, Doctor Who, any of it. The people who are currently responsible for making that thing are just temporary stewards of the thing. And they have a responsibility. And the fans are within their rights to expect that the people who are making it now will honor and respect the people who have made it before. That's one of the th reasons why you're seeing so much noise complaining and calling out Crystal Dynamics over this Tomb Raider crap. That's why you see people sitting there going, um, 
stop doing these disclaimers, Turner Classic Movies. Stop doing these disclaimers, Warner Brothers. Stop doing these disclaimers in front of your movies. Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, wherever. I mean, wherever all this stuff is. Well, you know, it was problematic back in the 70s. and then Stop doing that. It's the left that demands all of this stuff. Yeah, Mazers. Um, <coughs> so you can go check out uh, Melanie. Melanie has reposted it. Crystal Dynamics has has put out a statement disavowing the remastered Tomb Raider one, two, and three that dropped today. Uh, Aspire Media did the remasters. Crystal Dynamics came out and said. This in no way reflects any of the values that are held by Crystal Dynamics, but we're going to play it anyway and let it go by itself the way it was because this is the way it was, and we need to recognize the harm that it caused. Yeah. Stop right. If it's so problematic, why would they be associated with it? Because they want to make money doing it at the same time complain about it and, dis and, and disassociate with it and sit there and go, we didn't make it, but we'll exploit it. Your darn tootin' will exploit it, but we didn't make the we didn't make this one. They should be leaning into it and says, you know what? We didn't make it, but this was very popular and this was successful. The success of this game is why we're able to give you this game. These old games here, you liked them. You bought them. You played them. You made them popular. You made them successful. Great. Thank you. Here's the next one. We hope you enjoy it. Have fun. And then shut up. Just let people play the game. <laughs> when they ask me to edit a new version of Mein Kampf, I'm going to refuse. Did you see, this is a little off our, our out of our wheelhouse. Did you see apparently somebody had re-edited Mein Kampf into a feminist manifesto and nobody caught it? And people were like, oh, this is so great and wonderful and great. And, and, and this, 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 this is my tribe. This is my people. And, oh, wait, it's what? Road Vagabond Life has a good point. Show me one time where the right turned a gay character into a straight one or a strong woman into a male character. Excellent point. Show me a character in comics, video games, television, wherever. Show me a character who was initially created as a black character who is now played by a white guy. Show me a redhead that has replaced a black character. You can't. And when you have characters that are now suddenly bisexual, like Jonathan Kent or Tim Drake, see, they're not presented, portrayed as bisexual. Because the person they're in a relationship with is they're in a same sex relationship. 
And there's no reason for it. Especially if this character has a history. Iceman, Bobby Drake, Tim Drake, Jonathan Kent. None of them have a history of having any interest in the same sex, the same gender. Tim Drake dated dated girls. I mean, that the thing. If you're gonna give, if if you're going to do a gay character, create a gay character. But at the same time, if it does not directly impact the story, then why bother at all? It doesn't matter one way or the other. Who cares? If it doesn't have anything to do with the story, who cares? Leave it alone. Why make such a big deal about it? The people on the right generally don't. I mean, how many times have we come in and said, take a look at this white masculine male character. He's so fabulous. We don't do that. We don't do that. And there's no reason to do that for either side. I feel seen. No, I don't feel seen when I look at Superman. Superman's white. He's male. He's straight. But I don't feel seen when I look at Superman. Superman is an ideal. Superman's an ideal to which we can aspire. He's a hero. He's a good guy. He protects the weaker. The weaker everybody, not just women, not just children. That's what a hero does. The hero comes to the rescue. The hero helps people. That's the ideal. Not be circus strongmen. It's about helping people. It's about being... Christopher Reeve had it, pro, had it, had it perfect. Superman, at his core, is a friend. He's the one who goes and helps. Batman is an ideal as well. Very smart, but he worked at it. Athletic, he worked at it. Skills that he learned, he worked at it. And he, above any of the rest of them, since he doesn't have powers, he's also an ideal that kind of sits there and says, you know... If you put your mind to it, you could have some of this. You could be like this. Go get these skills. Read your books. Study. It's, it's, it's more attainable than flying. Heroes exist to give us something to aspire to. They inspire us to be better. Heroes help. And at the end of the day, at the very core of these characters, what's supposed to be there is the good guys help other people. <laughs> Stuff says, we can't enjoy a story unless we're represented waiting for my old, fat, 50-plus-year-old superhero. Um... Well, old 50 plus, 
they got you covered because when they brought back the Justice Society, the Justice Society was older, old, retirement age. John Kloppenborg, a uh, name I have not seen in the chat before. Welcome. I'll start at Casey Jones before moving up to Batman. <laughs> I'm a, I keep messing this up. Um, 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 I'm going to say that right. Amathon. Why can't Hollywood make characters from scratch? That's the question. But as you heard with Iger, Iger, Disney's going to be leaning into sequels and franchises. Stop it. Give me another anyone but you. Give me a, a, a mid-tier, mid-budget, by-itself story. Self-contained, one movie, 90 minutes, 100 minutes, not even two hours. Give me a, give, that. That's what we need. That's what Hollywood needs to be cranking out. They need to be doing 10 or 12 of them. Move, move it. Take this $300 million dollars. And make smaller pictures that can stand on their own. They tell a story, and we're done. And go tell the next story. And go tell the next story. And then go tell the next story. That's that's how you save Hollywood. But they're not going to do that. They're just not. Because they don't get it. They don't understand. And, you know, you have... You have people like Dakota Johnson out there sitting there saying, you know, Hollywood's really messed up. You know, she's calling out the executives. She's basically saying the executives are scared to death to try to do anything original. <laughs> and and I don't think I don't think you want your you're the star of your movie while she's tr supposed to be promoting your movie, dissing on the entire industry that created that movie. Something's broken in Hollywood. It just is. <coughs> just is. I, it, it, it. Hollywood is going to take a long time to recover, and it's and it's possible, maybe, maybe, maybe Gina's lawsuit against Disney kicks open the door for a couple of things that make it possible for that to 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 get better. I don't know that it will. I know Disney's really going to want to try to settle, but I don't think they're going to settle. I don't think she's going to settle. <clears throat> I just don't. Anyway, so there's there there's my rant for the day. All right, so while Mrs. Boss is gone away, and I'll I'll prove it to you, Mrs. Boss is not sitting at her desk right now. She's she's off getting coffee. I'm gonna say this one thing. Shh. Mindy is the best. Thing that's ever happened to me. Bar none. Ever. 
I'm very, very happy that I found her. God put her in my life at the exact right time. All right. <clears throat> okay. So, having said that, I'm going to go ahead and cut it off because Mrs. Boss has also pointed out that all of the work that I do for this show pretty much kills most of the day. And right now we've got good weather, we've got sunlight, and I need to work in the garden. So connect with us on social media or all the different places where you can find us. Sign up for the newsletter. Go over and connect with us on the Discord, all the socials. Email address live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com if you want to. Send us feedback. Leave a comment. And yeah, one man, one man show. Uh, the corporation says, we can't do that. It's too risky. You can't have 15 million. Fine. Spin out into the into the into the drain. That's just the way it is, I guess. All right. Tomorrow on the program, we will have an another author. We've been we've been interviewing a lot of authors. It's almost like book chat or something. So MK Lobb will be here to talk about her new book, Disciples of Chaos. It is the second book. It's the sequel to Seven Faceless Saints. So she's going to be here tomorrow to talk about that. Next Wednesday, the 21st, Harry Turtledove will be here. David Levine will be here Tuesday. Uh, Christopher Riocchio on on Thursday, the 22nd. So almost, almost a full week next week. And then mark your calendars for March 23rd. It's right around the corner. Tell people about it. March 23rd is going to be our 15th anniversary. I have no idea what we're going to do. I have no idea if we're going to do. But March 23rd is our 15th anniversary. That's coming. All right. So that's it for now. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime... There are plenty of other channels out there. Find some streams and do whatever. I don't know who's doing what right now. But uh, go have fun. Enjoy. Have a great Valentine's Day. Tell your significant others if you got them. You know, hug your mom or whatever. Whatever you need to do today. Say nice things about people. Be generous. Be polite. Be considerate. Remember, the politicians hate you. The media lies to you. But God has a plan for you. Mrs. Mrs. Boss is proof of that for me. God does have a plan for you, and there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2024, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi for Me Radio.